0: Good, Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there, they're talk to them. Good, can I? Yeah, I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? Um, um, absolutely, ask your friends over here. All right, fuck you. <laughs> the Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars, like they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Why didn't no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the (laughs) room? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that, like, (laughs) shielding his eyes like, hissing as he runs away or something? (laughs) Like some goth kid. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are in the fast lane. Going in the fast lane this Sunday. <laughs> it sneaks up on you in the fast lane. <laughs> the sound effects over there are from my tag team partner, the Rogue Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. I am, of course, your New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. How you doing this week, Newman? Besides driving really fast. I'm going fast in the car, zoom zoom. Uh, you know what? There is proof. There is more proof. That WWE listens to our show. Yes. Joe? I had a very interesting experience today listening to Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast, which was, it's always a good one to listen to besides ours. Um, <laughs> and he said that he had talked to a source within WWE that instead of regular old tag team championships for 205 Live, they're thinking about trios championships. <gasps> Who came up with that idea? Who? 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 Was that us? Was that us, Chuck? Well, I was I was gonna say you, but uh yeah, you can include me in the credit too, sure. Yeah, yeah, let's give credit to both of us. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we came up with that idea. But I think we did. You know, it's it's interesting though, because I'm I'm wondering if they have enough bodies to do that in a purely two oh five live division. Cause the, the way we had concepted of it, it would be trios for the whole roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which they definitely had enough people for, but I don't know. I'm I mean, have got I, enough guys. I think we haven't got enough guys to start it, right? I mean, you've got... Um, you know who they're going to have to move up to make it work? They're going to have to move up Undisputed Era. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to go up there right away, I think, to fill in that, because who else do you have as an established trio right now is, pro- is like the Luchas, the Luchador guys. Like That's the, the only Luchador other like, guys. established trio. Could uh, Akira and Hideo pick up somebody? Well, they'd have to go find another Japanese guy, I guess, right? Because that's their yeah. their gimmick right now. Is just get, two get Japanese knock guys. knock you off the, the Japanese announce desk. You know Just cut off one of Shinsuke Nakamura's arms. And then he could be 205 pounds. <laughs> and he can join the team. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's interesting, though, right? I like at least like the idea that they're mm-hmm. thinking about this. Um it it will make it different. It will make it unique. It'll make it, uh, it'll bring something new to two hundred five live. Totally. Well, and, and you know what? Very importantly, uh, you know, kind of like you would mention a little bit that it brings a different little bit of a style.
1: Difference. Yes.
0: Instead of it being, uh, you know, it fits very well with the cruiserweight style, being like a faster action, faster paced, with sort of that lucha style, trio style. Where I don't know if they would necessarily go with this as well, but sometimes in lucha. There is more of that, you know, you don't necessarily have to tag. You can just kind of mm-hmm. jump out and somebody else can jump in. So maybe they would go with that sort of style with it. They, they've they done that a little bit sometimes, right? Like you could mm-hmm. always have when the guys get knocked out of the ring, the two other guys that are on the apron jump in kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be interesting to see, like, if they, if they implement this, what sort of teams they'd have to put together to make yeah. this work. And who knows? They they could realize they could go. Okay, we want to do this trios thing. We don't quite have the men we want to do it on the just the two hundred five live roster. So they could expand it out mm-hmm. to the regular roster, which they're they're gonna need to do at some point, right? Hmm. Yeah, they could definitely do that. Or you know what? Maybe they could do just like kind of keep it like a cruiserweight tag team belts, but then sort of treat it similar to with the main roster belts where they have that option of doing that free bird thing. So that say you have like the luch doors where then it's like, oh, okay, all three of them can be the tag team champions if you want. But then mm. you could have just like Tozawa and um, uh, Hideo. And then you can also have like Kendrick and uh, Gallagher as a tag mm. team. And if uh, Swan ever comes back, then you can have like Swan and Alexander as a tag team. Like, yeah, you've got a couple more, I think, established, like, twosomes. I'm surprised that Alexander isn't back yet. Wonder if something more is going on with him. Swan? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I hope that he comes back soon because I, I fucking really like Swan, man. I think he's super talented. Yeah, he was like, he was just on the cusp, too, uh, before he got suspended. Yeah, it was just something. I think they just need to figure out a little bit more. Of his character and just to give him a little bit more sustained push and he could have been there but maybe he'll come back sometime although i'd also heard some rumors that maybe Neville's going to be coming back sometime soon Mm. that he's in talks of coming back potentially now do we have any idea if his deal ran out or if that was like still on and i really don't know a lot of the Logistics at that point, because I f- I feel like I remember from when he had left. I mean, his, his contract was definitely still going on, and he was seeming to try and ride it out. Mm. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're maybe he's just kind of gotten to the point where it's like, all right, Enzo's out. You guys seem to be doing something legitimate with the division again. Maybe I'm interested in coming back. Yeah, because I could totally see him being like the major first challenger for whoever wins the tournament here. As we've brought yeah. it down to a field of four. And I would love for like in storyline for it to be like Drake Maverick to convince him to come back. Mm, actually, that would be a really good hook, right? Yeah. Like whoever wins this tournament, Drake goes, all right, you've done. You've done well so far, but now you have to pass the real test of this division and then he brings out Neville. Right. It's like you've you've done all these people or you've beat all these guys. You've done all these things, but you haven't beaten the king. Of the cruiserweights. And then, boom, yeah. boom, Neville comes back. Yeah, because you build to like a big SummerSlam match with Neville. Mm-hmm. I'll be down with that. Yeah, because this, this tournament culminates at WrestleMania, right? Yes. Yes. So, who who out of these four? Because we've got it down to Ali and Gulak are going to be going up against each other. And then we've got Cedric Alexander versus Roderick Strong.
1: Who do you think uh, they're well, going with?
0: I think... By process of elimination, I definitely think Cedric goes over Roderick. Yep, I, dig- I agree on that one. Um, so Then I would assume you have Gulak over um, Ali. Yeah, it's tough because it's like, do you do the face versus heel dynamic, which is traditional? Or do you do like the face versus face and try to recapture the 205 live thing? Because actually, I think that you're probably right. They probably want to go for just the straight face versus heel dynamic, which makes sense. Where- Weren't they going for the face versus face thing before Swan got suspended? That was so long ago because that Enzo was the champion back then, and like yeah. <laughs> well, I thought wasn't it like him and Cedric was just face off to see who would face? Yes, yeah, they were Enzo. like mm-hmm. that. Was right, you're right. <laughs> it's so insane wow, because that was shit. like that, the fact that I remember that is amazing. Yeah, that was like the original story they were gonna go for, but then Swan got out. So then Cedric Alexander ended up being like the guy that was going to get the title shot, but then, but then Enzo got like, fired. And then, yeah, didn't Cedric have to go into like two different four-way matches or something like that? Yeah, like, he, or... like, he has won so many goddamn opportunities at the title, <laughs> but then like never gotten his shot at the title. In this tournament, he's probably like, it's fucking bullshit, I'm not going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to go wrong. <laughs> Well, his character seems to be as uh, bland and excited as always. He's just like, yep, I, I, I won that, beat this guy, and I beat this guy, and now I just got to beat this guy, and then I'll be the champion. Where did he go, George? Where did he go? Where did he go? Where did he go? <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be your next cruiserweight champion at WrestleMania. Yeah. I'm a babyface. Man, I really want him to turn heel so bad. I want him to have uh, Goldust as his manager and do that of Alexander <laughs> thing like we had pitched. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Like, alright, Goldust is not doing anything else right now. He uh, no, apparently decided he wanted to fight Cena. He had awkward promos with John Cena. That's what he's doing this week. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, did you get a little excited at that when, like, Goldust first came out? I was just like, oh, cool. We haven't really seen Cena and Goldust. And then they started talking, and I was just like, "Oh no, never mind." Yeah, I always get excited when Goldust comes out because I fucking love Goldust. But then yeah. at least half of the time, like afterwards, I'm like, "Oh," and then that's all they did with him. <laughs> we just did a stupid segment. All right, whatever. And it was just, it was just awkward with John. Well, they keep, they keep riding so hard. They're trying to do this storyline of like, "Oh, Cena's getting old, and he's slowing down, and he's retiring." he's not going to have a match at WrestleMania and like his dreams are getting shattered. Like, oh, no. <laughs> shattered dreams. Huh? Yeah. So then know, they keep doing this thing, but it, it's so weird because he's really legitimately one of those fucking names that somebody on the roster who's ambitious should be trying to call out for a WrestleMania match. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It, Cena shouldn't even be looking for it's so laughable. He's because at, like, the Undertaker level or the Shawn Michaels level. Like, right. people should be going, I want to close out. Like, Ziggler should be fucking challenging Cena, right? He wants to main event WrestleMania. Isn't that his goal? Like, should he just be like, oh, yeah, I'll fight Tim, right? And then yeah, he's always at the know, main event. Because you could just say, it's like, hey, you know what? I resent you, Cena, because you are the golden boy that the company chose during all of my golden years when I should have been on the top. And I want to prove okay. that I always have been better than you, I am better than you, and I always will be better than you. And I want to kick your ass at WrestleMania. Boom. There you go. That's all you need. Fucked. If you if you wanted to make it really weird, you could even do a fucking storyline where he wants to, like, fuck Nikki Bella or something. I don't know. And somehow that's on the line in the match. But then you want to know what the other interesting about John Cena right now is? The two mm. different dynamics of him. So on Raw, he is the... He's supposed to be the sympathetic... He's getting old, not getting his title shot, baby-faced, right? Right. Uh, and then on SmackDown, it's flipped. It's he's the free agent who's not always there. He, he's the Brock Lesnar of SmackDown. Mm. At no. least that's what I get from it, right? Like... He, he was saying how he's like, I want to be in the match with you, AJ, and AJ's like, nah, that's not what the crowd wants, so <laughs> fuck off, and I'm gonna go face Shinsuke. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, how fucking hard was he trying to sell out, and just like, try to convince the audience that like, man, wouldn't it even be better, instead of having just AJ and Shinsuke, like all you people clearly want, if we had those two and me, and the crowd just booed the shit out of that. <laughs> But that's a, even he's different on SmackDown, right? Like him being like the whole, wouldn't you want that, folks? Whereas like on Raw, it's the frustrated like, oh, I'm getting old and these these chances are slipping through my fingers. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a very weird dynamic right now with Cena. That's true. That's true. It is really weird because it, it, they are doing very, very light experimentation into him being slightly heelish, right? Cause he's doing slightly more devious things in matches. Like it's not full blown heel stuff, mm-hmm. but he's like being unnecessarily rough. He's getting more frustrated and pissed off when his moves don't work. He's like, you know, he's he's taking more shortcuts. Yeah, because he has to. Yeah, like he's getting older, a- and slowing down. Asking. So what was what was the idea here? He was asking AJ to revoke invoke his rematch clause. Yeah, he was basically saying, it's like, hey, AJ, guess what the bright side is? If I kick your ass and become the record-breaking 17-time world champion, you can just use your rematch clause and challenge me at WrestleMania in a triple threat. And then AJ was like, nah, I'm good, bro. Yeah, he's like, "Uh, yeah, I'm not going to need to do that because I'm going to beat you and I'm just going to have my singles match at WrestleMania. So go fuck yourself. So bye. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. Yeah, because SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built. Actually, I think it's the house that Sami Zayn has taken over. Totally. He fucking took it over with a uh, halluva kick to the chin of Kevin Owens. And then a nice little roll-up pin, and one, two, three, Sami Zayn won basically the fatal five-way match, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. basically what it was on SmackDown. (laughs) Yeah, that was the uh the original main event which is really interesting because you got to see I guess a little bit of like maybe who they kind of secretly would have wanted to win but like you know creatively it's like oh well we can't do that because you know we, we needed to keep AJ Styles you know because that's that really is the bigger priority but like the who would be like that secondary like hmm this would be like a fun storyline to run with that's oh, kind of so what're saying like Sammy's like the the I appetizer think, and then I think when you're looking at the potential storylines coming out of this match, the storyline of Sami Zayn screwing over Kevin Owens and stealing the WWE title for his first ever victory is so goddamn appealing that it's just a damn shame it's near WrestleMania season because you can't do it. Mm. Because, you know, just it's it's WrestleMania. You have to have and unfortunately Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens for the WWE title is not a big enough match for WrestleMania right now. But AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura definitely is, but I think Sammy and Kevin could still have a solid match on the WrestleMania card, right? Like, totally. Although, here's my thinking now: is like with this timing and how things are developing right now, how mm-hmm. sick would it be if this year Money in the Bank gives Sami Zayn the win? At Money in the Bank. Give with him his, the briefcase with his current fucking character, dude. Wouldn't it be fucking amazing to see him running around with that briefcase fucking trolling people for a couple of months? Oh my god, him dancing out with his theme with the briefcase? hmm <laughs> And then you could even see him, like, contemplating trying to, like, plan out when he's gonna cash it in, but then, like, something goes wrong and, like, neurotic Sammy's like, Oh shit, no, it's wrong! Nope, we gotta cancel the cash-in! Grab the briefcase! Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Just happens to do like, a whole bunch of these, like, botched cash-ins, like... <laughs> I don't know, I could just see them go, like, his whole, like, almost, like, neurotic Jewish character, where he's like, oh my god! (laughs) It's all gone wrong! (laughs) Oh shit, when did Sammy become a New York Jew? Oh, dude, he's been a New York Jew for years. (laughs) He's been Um, fucking Woody Allen for, like, at least... (laughs) Even back when he was a babyface. Oh my god. Oh my god! Could you imagine? Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, shithead Craven, Sami Zayn running around with the title that he's stolen with the Money in the Bank. It's like, oh god, I got the title. <laughs> I'm gonna go down to the local deli and get my rye. <laughs> Could I eat on top of the title. Oh my gosh! Now, uh, so do you think this was a legit heel turn by Sami? Uh, on kevin or do you think this is just sammy and kevin still colluding to throw off shane and daniel bryan and stuff hmm it's tough i i i think that would almost be too clever for wwe to to do that many levels of deception so i think this is at least for them right now kind of slightly breaking up and they might just get back together on smackdown um, but, like, just to break them up temporarily so that this Sunday at Fastlane, they can just have all six guys fight each other. Yeah, that's a little more interesting. Like, right? you don't you don't know what's going to happen between the two of them, kind of a thing. Right. Although, I think it would have been super fucking interesting to, like, have that be a part of the story in the match, right? That, like, Sami Zayn just keeps trying to lay down for Kevin Owens and people having to keep disrupting it. Yeah, because that's, that's when it would make sense to break up the pinfall, right? Like, mm-hmm. I always hate those non... Well, elimination matches where people break up pinfalls, because I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, let you, them get eliminated. You do hate uh, that, don't you, Joe? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I still have post-traumatic stress from that. Have we ever told people that fucking story on the show? Yeah, we did. I, I... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, we were playing a WWE video game one time in an Elimination Chamber match, and uh, Joe is trying to pin John Morrison, who's my fucking all-time favorite, of course. And I broke up the pin to make sure that he couldn't. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't even fucking playing as him. That's true, I wasn't even playing as him. Uh going. Oh yeah, yeah, because that would just Mm -hmm. make the the pinning predicaments a lot more entertaining. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I'm trying to think like when the when the fuck has that ever happened. Like that's probably never happened or it's been a long ass time. I mean, the, from what I can remember, the only time, like, laying down for somebody has mm. only ever happened in, like, those one-on-one matches. So, like, mm. uh, the finger poke of Doom in WCW, um, when Sergeant Slaughter tried to break up DX by having them fight over the European Championship, and Sean just laid down for Hunter, basically. <laughs> um, more recently, oh, yeah, uh, when Evolution was around, Ric Flair said he would lay down for Hunter, but then... Actually fought him. Mm. Sneaky bastard. So, yeah, yeah. this this would be a long time since they've done anything even like that. So Yeah, those are the couple times I can remember. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know what, maybe, maybe this is just kind of to throw everybody off, right? To make them think they're going to fight? I so mean, either can, way, it's entertaining, right? Either way, it could be entertaining. We'll have to find yeah, out this Sunday, right? <laughs> that's true. Because, yeah, it, again, WWE man, is the one company that can always spoil a sure thing. <laughs> again, man, this these pay per views just keep flying up. Like I always think there's way more time in between them, and then there's not. Well, it, I think this next year, right after WrestleMania, it'll it'll slow down again. Yeah, one pay per view in a, a month. That'll be it. That'll definitely be a lot better. That's that's a proper amount of time, right? Yeah, like that's fair. You got your one special every month. You're building up towards it. Yeah. And especially because if if all of them are going to be co branded too, then I think they have more of the option to that they can like build some storylines a little bit longer and then not every storyline is on every pay per view. Like, yeah, because you know, some of them are on alternates. You're not going to be able to fit every person from each roster on those pay per views. So right. you have to go, oh, okay, maybe we won't have a tag team program on this one. We'll let that build up to the next one. Right, we're like, you know, we're only going to maybe do the ROG tag team titles, and maybe next time we'll do the smack team, smackdown tag team titles, exactly. You know, depending on like where those storylines are at and what needs to be on the card, instead of like, because yeah, there are a lot of times like, especially with this fast because they even also have like fucking um, what is it, Becky and Naomi versus Carmella and uh, Natalia for some fucking reason. Yeah, that just came out of nowhere this week, right? Yeah, they're just like, well, none of these people have a match, so fuck it. Let's just have them have a match for no reason. Now, speaking of the tag teams, though, they seem to be building towards a, a cross-promotional tag team match for WrestleMania. Because The Bar has now basically beaten everyone on Raw, and they keep advertising it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be fucking down for that. Although, didn't they just... I'm trying to remember... Did, oh, no, it wasn't an actual challenge. There was a, an internet thing. Uh, the Young Bucks had... Because, like, the, the Bar had put out some sort of challenge, essentially, for WrestleMania. And the Bucks yeah. are, like, teasing that. It's like, oh, we have that day free. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that would be even more fucking mind-blowing than when the fucking Hardy showed up last year. If that's true. Somehow, I mean, it It won't because, obviously, they got shit to do. Like, New Japan and All-In and all that. But that would be insane. Yeah, it would. But speaking of which, uh, the big announcement for All-In is that the Bullet Club is coming to Chicago. Yes. Well, what's left of the Bullet Club, right? Right. <laughs> Although, I think Kenny Omega is supposed to also be there, right? He's oh, going yeah. He's to be on the show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, you and I were discussing this, that even if one CM Punk mm-hmm. does... Maybe he only appears. Maybe he doesn't. But either way, the fact that they are in Chicago is going to leave that mystique in the fans' minds when they're buying these tickets. Right. So that'll help drive... You know, ticket sales and also just uh, Chicago seems to be a pretty like exciting, heavy wrestling loving city. So, oh my god, they have the best crowds, like, besides Philly, they have Mm -hmm. the best crowds. And you know, there is some level I think they are definitely trying to take advantage of this, uh, you know, the CM Punk like undercurrent of hype because, like, you know, the um, have you seen uh, Barry, the drug free bear mascot that Bullet Club has now? No, they from time to time he shows up. Uh, Cody's been having him come around some guy in like a bear mascot costume like a big teddy bear and his name uh-huh. is Barry the drug free bear <laughs> so the whole drug free thing people uh. keep thinking like oh what if it's CM Punk and, <laughs> and I don't like, I mean, think he's totally not but like how fucking amazing would that be if you know they're just at the all in show they're doing some sort of fucking match with like the bullet club or something like that and all of a sudden the fucking head comes off Barry and somebody plays like colder personality and all of a sudden it's CM Punk and he just Becomes the new leader of the Bullet Club or some shit, or even just appears like that, right? Like him just appearing as the bear. Actually, you know what? Here, here would be my super fantasy booking for the main event, and this this require a lot. Uh, but you have it'd be a six man tag team match. You have on one side Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi teaming up with the returning Daniel Bryan against Told Cody again. Rhodes, Marty Skrull, and surprise opponent. CM Punk. Six-man tag team match. Yeah, I think you're asking for a lot there. I am asking for a lot. <laughs> but, man, holy shit, would that fucking explode the roof off of the universe of Indie Bro oh, like, <laughs> Yes, that would explode the roof off. <laughs> I would just jizz in my pants and die. <laughs> The only way it could be better is if then Johnny Mundo was also somehow in there. <laughs> For me, it'd be Shawn Michaels. There we go. We have a three-corner tag team match. Those those two teams and then the solo two-man <laughs> team against the three-man teams of uh, <laughs> Shawn Michaels and Johnny Mundo. That would be And ridiculous. Oh, wait. No, no, no. There we go. And God. Johnny Mundo, <laughs> Shawn Michaels, and God. <laughs> That's the third team. All they need is a spotlight. That's all they need. Yeah, the cheapest wrestler of all time. God, who knew? <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Um, But we were we talked about earlier about uh, Sammy possibly winning Money in the Bank. Mm, yes. Which brought up a question to me of, when the fuck are they going to have Carmella cash in? Because <laughs> they are now advertising for this year's Money in the Bank. Which means Carmela's time is running out. It is. It's running thin. And as you have you been noticing that they've been keeping her off TV like a shitload lately? Ever since Ellsworth left, I feel like I haven't seen Carmella. Like, at all. Yeah, it's insane. Like, she's been gone off TV. And I don't know if it's just because they don't know what the fuck to do with her or if they're trying to do that thing where, like, oh, she's going to cash in soon. So let's make people forget about her. Yeah. So that when she appears, people go, oh, shit. Because I could definitely see that happening, especially if... Here's my theory. I think she's going to cash in at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be against, uh, like, Charlotte and Asuka. I don't actually know it. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to see Because I could see it against either group. Because you, if you cash in against Charlotte and Asuka, then you have the nice added benefit of, like, not having to pick a winner for that match, even though it should be Asuka. Mm-hmm. Because then you can get to that kind of like, oh, we got robbed of the finish of this match. It was a funky finish. So then we could like build up to doing it again sort of thing. Or you could do like even more of a big swerve and have her cash in on like Alexa Bliss and steal the title from like Nia Jax maybe. Like maybe Nia Jax is about to beat her and win the match and all that. And then Carmella comes in and steals the title. I could see it either way but I, I do feel like it's going to be a WrestleMania cash-in for Carmella. That's what I feel. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on Carmella and the Money in the Bank briefcase? I'm starting to think with like how much they're not like focusing on her, that she might be the first, not only is she the first Women's Money in the Bank winner, but the first one to cash in and not get it. Oh, no. That would be fucking her. They can't do that. Women are so powerful right now. I know, but, well, the women on SmackDown, uh, I also thought about this this week, is how different the women on SmackDown versus Raw are being booked. Because I feel like the women on Raw are definitely being, like, focused on, and their storylines make sense, and they're, like, really coming together. Whereas on SmackDown, I feel like they're kind of becoming the second-rate citizens again. Yeah, man, it's been fucking weird. I don't know what happened... Like, like even for, Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz for a long time I felt like the Smackdown women's division was actually way stronger than the Raw women's division, but then right? it, it it was totally fucked. But then it got caught in this like really weird fucking holding pattern for a long-ass time, like with when the fucking uh like Riot Squad came up and there was the Royal Rumble and they had to keep mm-hmm. focus on like, "Oh, we got the women's Rumble now." Instead yeah. of just having Charlotte have her title reign and like I kept thinking, "It was like when are we going to fucking have the legitimate Charlotte Naomi match?" I felt like we never got that. No. And then when are we going to have Charlotte and Becky? Like, when are are these things going to happen? And instead of it, I mean, I guess we got to have to do this fucking Ruby Riot thing. We got to get her out of the way or something. Which even then doesn't feel that exciting, and it should, right? Well, it doesn't feel exciting because we all know there's no fucking way that she's going to win. Yeah. Like, if this were some other B pay-per-view, and I think if it weren't Charlotte, then maybe we could believe it. But, like... It's the WrestleMania, it's a paper for pay-per-view right before WrestleMania. We know that it's not going to be a girl like Ruby Riot carrying the title. Yeah. Like the only one that you could have maybe had me believe at this point is like, you know what? If you'd properly built up Naomi or Becky, either one of them could have been a fine challenger for Charlotte right now. Mhm. But but yeah, yeah they they're definitely dropping the ball. Totally. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one thing about Ruby Riot though. This week, or er, in the Riot to Squad. Oh, the. It was nice that that was that she actually explained a little bit of the formation of that group. Oh yes. The Ruby, the Ruby Riot to Squad, has was the perfect mean girl roots. <laughs> Apparently, Janice, aka Ruby Riot, uh, built her squad purely for the purpose of killing Charlotte, aka her Regina George. Yeah, Charlotte was too perfect for her, right? Yeah, exactly. Too perfect. But then, do you think this is going to culminate into, like, a, uh... I don't know, like, I secretly loved you, and I had to destroy you sort of thing? Because I knew you would never want me? Oh my god, another, uh, Mickey James and Trish Stratus (laughs) storyline? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could totally see that going that way. Um... Actually, not right now with how the SmackDown women are being written. But yeah, that could go <laughs> that way. Because uh, I, I think you feel like you do need to dive a little bit deeper on that than what Ruby went into. Because um, we also had a similar explanation from Dolph this week. Yes. Uh, of a, a little explanation of his heel turn was that he felt the fans. He felt the fans had turned on him. Yeah, he felt betrayed by the fans, but it still doesn't fully explain the whole why he left the United States title thing. So, yeah, that's still SmackDown was kind of it was kind of like a, a half gear this week, right? Like they're just going forward at a slightly slower pace, even though they have a pay per view coming up this Sunday. Yeah, because like some like obviously like we talked about the Zayn stuff was pretty good. Ruby Riot still kind of just seems like it's weird spot because it's also weird too because like she's a really good talent. And she's actually a pretty good talker, but yeah, she's just I in a, weird... she had a really good promo. Yeah, she did a really good job with her promo. Um, but yeah, just like she's just in a weird spot with her character right now. And with like how close they are to WrestleMania, they just, you know, they're not going to take a chance on a girl like that right now. You know? Yeah. And it's not the right time to do it either for storyline purposes, because yeah. it would just be so it would make no sense. Uh, uh, what they are doing right with women is over on Raw with Asuka and Nia Jax. Yeah, it's and interesting. a little bit of a uh, Alexa Bliss. Yeah, it's very interesting stuff. Alexa Bliss is being like super fucking conniving, which is perfect, right? Because that's that's how her oh, character would survive. Perfect for her character, right? And it, we we haven't seen her be this conniving on the main roster, right? Yeah, not really. Like we've we've seen hints of her being bitchy, but not yeah. really this level of conniving. And like you kind of saw it with the whole when she was like arguing with Kurt about being in the elimination chamber. Right, like kind of all that side, but like this is real, like this is psychological warfare stuff. Mm-hmm. And it it really will be exciting too. Like if we if we hopefully get the desired reaction and the proper storyline payoff of Nia Jax, then just taking all this shit and being like "Fuck you, bitch! I'm not taking your shit anymore!" and yeah. it just fucking stomps her ass. <laughs> and hopefully the crowd, because I mean she's been actually getting pretty favorable reactions for a little while.
1: Ooh, Naya? Yeah,
0: Naya. Yeah. And I think if they go all the way in and let her have this turn, then I think the people people will go with it. Yeah. I especially think, I would like to just see, I would like to see a little bit of her, like, almost destroy Asuka, right? Like, because that's what uh, Alexa wants. Mm -hmm. And so then have, like, the realization hit Naya while she's, like, attacking Asuka or something, of being like, Alexa's trying to make me do this, like, dirty work for her kind of a thing, and then then turn on Alexa. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, because then you could even get, like, well, because now we've got also, it's perfectly built in with this storyline with uh, the Alliance of Mickey James, which I think is probably the reason they're doing it, is to have somebody that Nia Jax can beat on a little bit while she's trying to get to Alexa Bliss. Yes. Like that person to throw in the way. <laughs> mm. They're also not doing much else with Mickey, so it's just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Here you can go here Right <laughs> Why not uh, But yeah some other things that they did Some really great this week I thought on Raw Was the Mizzy Awards Holy shit <laughs> Holy shit they were hilarious Oh my god I laughed so fucking hard watching these that... And all of his jokes about the actual Oscar Movies was Just fantastic mm-hmm. And then fucking following it up with how much He actually cut down Rollins and uh, Balor Yeah like, saying about how it's like, oh, baller, you just keep saying you're over, but, like, are you? <laughs> yeah, like, you won the championship, lost to the next day, and haven't done anything since. I was like, oh, harsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then point out, it's like, all right, you know, guess what, Seth Rollins? Cool, you went 65 minutes in a match. Who cares? You lost. Yeah, you didn't win. <laughs> it is, like, the perfect heel way to look at it, right? Yeah. Apparently, they did... Uh... Miz followed that up with, I think they did a ride-along that night, after all, mm. where he does a ride-along with um, Curtis Axel and uh, Bo Dallas where he explains why he formed the Mistrage. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I just saw the preview on Facebook. Ooh. But yeah. Of course, the, the, their ride-along is in a limo. <laughs> oh, my like shit. They're... Well, that, that reminds me because they did another one in a limo. Did you see the one with Elias? No. <laughs> Check that I went out, out at some point. That's fucking hilarious because he does the whole thing in character.
1: <laughs> and he's just
0: by himself in a limo going from town to town just like ad-libbing and making up different songs and shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, he had a great week on Raw, right? Yeah, he got bashed by <laughs> Braun Strowman again. <laughs> With the fucking bass. <laughs> the bass and then the piano too. Yeah. <laughs> When he, oh, first, when he first put that down on him, I thought he fucked up the spot or something. I wasn't quite sure what happened. Yeah, that, that was kind of scary, right? Like, that could go wrong in so many ways. Yeah, the piano is fucking heavy, man. Yeah. I mean, Broad Strobe could probably pump, just pick the shit up, but still. Yeah. Well, the fact that he's just letting it drop, right? Like, it could drop on Elias, and no matter how strong Braun is, like, damage mm. could still be done. Right. It's like, oh, well, your spine's broken in half, but hey, i Got the piano off her back, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we what? also had on Raw, we had uh the finalization of the Ronda and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie match. I'm fine with that. Yeah, my my thing is, I just oh, I want something out of Kurt for like why he's doing this, but he still hasn't quite. Well, you know, if if they just. I think they don't need to go that hard with it. It's it's pretty easy. They just need to say he would they say that he's fucking done with being pushed around by Stephanie and Triple H and he's just uh, done with it. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of the the way to go, right? Cuz if if he's fighting against them, there's no way that they're just going to be cool with it and be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, you can just keep being the general manager and be opposing us and all that." Like they're they're so petty with their yeah, characters you're, and you're, shit though. <laughs> Cause then yeah they'll probably fire him at some point in this lead up to this match, and then he'd be like, well I gotta beat him now because they fired me, or maybe somebody else would be like, oh well if you beat them then you'll get your job back.
1: Like you know what I was thinking or some
0: shit. <clears throat> and I was thinking that could happen with this feud going on between Kurt and Steph specifically mm. is um, Oscar has not technically declared who she wants to face at WrestleMania. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what if she goes over and challenges Charlotte? She and should. Like, if she challenges Oscar, that'd be fucking dumb. Or not, Oscar, Alexa. Right. And so, I think they could do the whole thing with like SmackDown basically gets Oscar then, right? So it could mm-hmm. be like because Steph and Kurt have been infighting, they lost Oscar, which could oh. feed more into their feud. Okay. That would make some. That would make some sense, especially if you build up the fact that you know it's like she's especially mad that you lost like the greatest women's competitor because like you know she's got this undefeated streak, she's one of a kind. Yeah. How could you let her go to SmackDown? You fucking asshole. Yeah. And then I could see that. And then Kurt could fire back with, "Well, you were the one that signed her. Like it was on you. Cutting that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you were the one that you know, let her challenge whoever she wanted. Yeah. You know, like you did the paperwork, bitch." <laughs> This is your fault. <laughs> like, just like similarly to the paperwork they used as the loophole for why uh, Ronda could challenge Stephanie, because technically somehow Stephanie is a, a superstar, even in well, she storyline. Has t- she has two contracts. Well, in real life and in storyline, she has two contracts. Yeah, one is her corporate contract, and the other one is her uh, wrestling contract. I found that and- so bizarre that they that they even in storyline apparently she has a superstar contract. Yeah, and they get paid separate. They get paid more money. Yeah, that's. Well, you know what? I guess that makes sense though, right? Because whatever value they're bringing as an on-screen character is probably more valuable than whatever she's doing behind the scenes, right? That's true. Yeah. But it's just funny that, that like whenever Triple H and Steph appear, they get separate paychecks from their corporate mm-hmm. ones. <laughs> Uh, and then we rounded out Raw with an appearance from Paul Heyman, who mm. brought out the Universal Championship, but did not bring out Brock Lesnar. Yeah, this uh, it was kind of interesting visual. I I was kind of surprised that they let him do it, but then it kind of made sense to me. in the I think this drives home their their storyline. They're trying so hard one last time to get people to cheer Roman Reigns, and their tactic is at least he shows up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, we can't we like we can't even make you cheer this guy no matter what we do for the most part unless he's tagging with the shield guys. So we're going to have to do everything we can to make you boo Brock Lesnar and our current tactic is just to make him not be there and just try and sell that as much as possible. So that hopefully you'll like, cheer Roman Reigns by consequence of him just being there. Remember this guy? This guy shows up. This other guy doesn't. Cheer for this guy. Yeah. Cause like I like the idea of this storyline, except that it's so fucking transparent and it's so it feels like such a just a last ditch storyline of just we're trying to get Roman Reigns cheered. That like I would have liked really, We're just, really trying. Because, like, I think it's a good point, you know, talking about the whole Brock Lesnar being the guy who just only shows up for a couple dates sort of thing. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a good thing to bring into a storyline. That's a good criticism of him, right? It's a fair criticism, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's especially, like, as a babyface, it is a thing that you want to inspire into the people, the idea that you do want to see your champion. Like, you don't want them to just not be around. Like, that's a fair point. Especially because you're getting more title matches, and hopefully, therefore, like meaningful title matches. And I don't know, just in, in every sense of the way, like it makes sense to have the champion around, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, it—I don't—it's—it's really weird because they're doing this at the exact same time that they're about to then be now going to like uh, uh geez, big brand pay-per-views. So now they could finally actually get to the point where they wouldn't need the Universal Champion anymore. No, dude, well when they go to these one branded shows, are they really gonna need the two different branded like tag championships or Right, like they're not gonna singles need to. championships. It's so weird because now they're doing this whole push of like, oh man, we gotta have the champion here, but now that belt is gonna be like extra. It's me- it's not that it's gonna be meaningless, but like it's gonna be superfluous. It's gonna be another belt that they're trying to get onto the cards. And honestly, yeah. this is finally the, now the time when it would be that it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. You could have a part-time champion for that one belt. Who cares? Because you consistently would then be able to always have the WWE title on the pay-per-views. You could have the Intercontinental title on the pay-per-views. You could have the U.S. title on the pay-per-views, the tag titles, the women titles, like the Cruiserweight titles. We got shit. We don't need the Universal title on every single pay-per-view anymore. Because hell, yeah. it was only on half of the Raw pay-per-views. And then, uh, I guess, like, the big four. Yeah, and it wouldn't... It's not going to make a difference, right? Right. Yeah, because, like, you know what? They just had Elimination Chamber. Didn't have the Universal title on that show. And it survived. And it was fine. Except Braun Strowman should have won. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. Roman Reigns can still get busted for steroids. There's still time. <laughs> Braun Strowman could still be the guy for this match. How fucked up is that? That I'm hoping a guy gets in trouble for drugs. (laughs) It is pretty fucked up. I mean, it's not the most heelish thing we've ever done on this podcast. No, definitely not. Or is it? I don't know. I'm not keeping track. (laughs) We shall see. Um, uh, let's see. Ooh, but you know what I am keeping track of? An exciting other new development, because we talked at the beginning of the show about the introduction of these uh, Cruiserweight, possibly trios titles. Mm-hmm. But in NXT, there was an announcement of another new title, Joe. A singles title. A singles title. The North American Championship. What do you think of this? I like it, because NXT definitely can... Uh include more titles which is weird because they only have an hour each week but they do spread out their talent enough that they can still have good storylines leading up to all their different titles totally because like even though they, they haven't done a whole lot of big commitment with like the uk title but they have done it from time to time at least with telling with like the conclusion of the tyler bait and uh pete dunn storyline and they're starting yeah, and... to like come up with new challengers and stuff like that for that um, and we're we're getting um, what the uh was it Pete Dunn and Adam Cole rematch right? Uh, or match? I don't. They didn't rem, They didn't fight before, right? I thought they did. I thought it, he fought Roderick Strong. Oh yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. They'll probably maybe they'll rematch at some point too. But yeah, he's he, he's getting a match here with Cole. Um, So that'll be exciting to watch. I'll be down for that. I'm wondering, do you think they're going to treat this uh, North American title similarly to the UK title in that it's fought for and defended sometimes in WWE's NXT? And then a lot of times whoever's holding it actually would go maybe to other promotions, maybe even defend it in those promotions as well. But doing that in North America instead of the UK, because that's that's kind of my feeling of it, right? I think that'd be really exciting. It definitely would be. It would be different than anything they've done before. And I think it would it would sort of make sense at least as far as like how they could fit it onto that show cuz if it's it's I think if if it's supposed to be like a full-time title, then NXT is almost a little bit too crowded with how much TV time they have, but if it's similar to this UK title where it's on there sometimes, maybe a little bit more than the UK title, but sort of in that semi-regular usage point, then I think that would be the way to go. Because then it would be on TV sometimes, but then sometimes whoever the North American champion would be would be going over to PWG, would be going to Evolve, would be going to you know like North like big time wrestling, like all sorts of other American independent pro wrestling. like maybe even Ring of Honor, who fucking knows? And go defend the North American title. I think that'd be really exciting. Yeah. And I think Ricochet is the guy to do it. Because they they announced the six guys for this match. They got Ricochet, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, EC3, Killian Dane, and Lars Sullivan. EC3 was my favorite addition to it. Yeah, it's hard because I feel like it's definitely going to be one of those two newcomers. EC3 and Ricochet? Yeah, because like with Adam Cole... I feel like he's almost too big for whatever this new title is at this point. Like, I kind of see them putting it on him because they like him. But then at the same time, I kind of see him being more associated with, like, the Undisputed Era and or going for the NXT title or going up to the main roster rather than sticking around in NXT for a long time with, like, the mid-card belt. You know what I mean? I feel like Adam Cole, like, as as weird as it is to say, I think he's above it at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I think Velveteen Dream, because, like, with the conception in my mind of, like, this being possibly a traveling title, I don't think they'd want to give it to a guy like Velveteen Dream or uh, Lars Sullivan, who's a little newer and is a little bit more of, like, an NXT homegrown guy, that they'd probably just want to keep there in NXT. Yeah. Um, also, I just, I don't know, I don't see them giving it to Killian Dane because I think they're going to give the North American title to a North American guy, not a Scottish guy. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it just comes know. down to Ricochet they or EC3. They do like EC3. to switch around those uh, location titles. Mm-hmm. True, <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, once we get the first non UK UK champion too, that'll be fucking weird. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's come to come down to Ricochet or EC3. And the reason I pick Ricochet is just because I feel like Ricochet is so much more of like that typical indie style that I feel like they would want to a lot more independent promotions to be like, yeah, fucking give us Ricochet. We love Ricochet. Whereas EC3 would probably still be fine, but I feel like he's a little bit more specific WWE style because he's more of a promo guy. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ricochet is more of just like a go-wrestle guy. And I feel like that fits sort of the semi-independent go-travel-around title Mm -hmm. feel. Yeah, EC3 is definitely an American style. American. But then again, that could be... Maybe they could take more of the... um, Have you seen any of... Uh, shit. The N-W-W- NWA, the thing they're doing with Nick Aldis.
1: Uh, a little like, bit.
0: Where he's like going around to the different fucking territories and fighting all these guys with the N W A World Championship tour. Maybe they would. Maybe they could do a little bit more with that. With whoever you know, like if E C Three were to do it, for example, with the North American title, maybe he could do a little bit more of like a tour where he's going around doing more promos before his matches and stuff to set up yeah, the it's fights. You know, cause like, I mean, maybe Pete Dunne is doing more of that and I just haven't seen it and looked up and maybe it's just more in the UK, but I think that'd be smart, especially for a guy like ec 3 who's more of a promo guy. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, that'd be fucking exciting to see the new title and the ladder match accompanying it. Cause uh, that's on the uh, New Orleans card, I believe. Right. Yes. Yep. That's going to be a fucking baller weekend, man. That New Orleans NXT show. Because you got that. You got Almas versus Alistair Black. You got, I think, Emmer Moon versus Shayna Baszler again. Is that the match? For the women? I think I'm so, not sure. But I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll find out soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only other thing I wanted to talk about for you from NXT from this week was uh, one of the greatest heel performances in a while. Uh... Tommaso Champa controlled that crowd with no words. Just bringing on all the heat. Jesus Christ, man, that was amazing. What did you think of that? I thought it was great. He was just soaking it in. I mean, all he did was just walk out and show his face. Yep, just taunted like he was going to talk a couple times. and The crowd just kept fucking booing that man. Oh my gosh. Well, just goes to show you also how over Johnny was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then oh man, what a great visual too! Like at, he he uh, got that sign out of the crowd, ripped it up and, and ripped put it, it up, the, and then like left it in the in the ring where then there was this cool angle, uh, cool camera shot where they had an angle behind, Tommaso Ciampa. And he had like his arms raised up, almost mm-hmm. like presenting like what he had made in the ring, and then in the <laughs> ring was like the ripped up sign and then his broken crutch. So it was oh, like yeah. the two things. It was like you know the ripped up destroyed Johnny Gargano. And the crutch symbolizing Tommaso Ciampa, and he's like, Witness my destruction. Yeah. I thought it was very poetic. Mm hmm. But yeah, Ciampa, holy shit. Like, I mean, I thought him and DIY was really fun. That was like a lot of good tag team stuff, but like, man, he is on another level as an unhinged, psychotic fucking <laughs> heel. Yeah. Like, it's a whole nother level. It's like when Alexa Bliss turned heel. Whole other level. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. I hadn't thought about that. All right. Although, uh, he was not floundering as a babyface. Alexa Bliss was. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But yeah, Are you was... ready to r- run yeah. down this fast lane card? Yeah, let's get some predictions for fast lane. All right, we'll do it fast. Uh, <laughs> we've got Becky Lynch and Naomi versus Natalia and Carmella. I um, think the baby faces take this one. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Just give the baby faces a win. Yeah. Uh, Then we have Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev. Psh, Nakamura. You kidding me? And it'll be Nakamura Day? Yeah, it'll be Nakamura Day. Uh, Then we have the women's championship match Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Rioteta. Please. It'll be Charlotte charlotte is charlotte today right <laughs> the charlotte squad uh charlotte is retaining definitely on that one absolutely uh this is an interesting one the tag team championship the usos versus the new day this is really I hard the, i think the, the uh, new day might take it mm. you think the new Day is gonna take it I only say that because I think they're definitely leaning towards a cross-promotional tag team match with The Bar, and I think they're going to want to challenge the tag team champions of SmackDown, and they've already done The Bar versus The Usos, which don't get me wrong, was a great match. Mm -hmm. But I think they might want to just throw it over to The New Day, one, just to change things up on SmackDown, not that they're going bad or anything, but Mm -hmm. just to change things up, and I think it would allow for that match, a a fresh new match of The New Day versus The Bar. Mm. Okay. I can see that. I I do think... Hmm. That's hard. You know what? I, I think this is actually going to be a non-finish. I think they've been teasing the storyline of the Bludgeon Brothers getting involved for a mm. long-ass time now. And I think they're actually going to come down and like... I think this is going to be one of those situations where it's almost so hard to book that they're going to use this to get out of booking who they want to win this match. Yeah, by just having it be like, oh fuck, you fuckers didn't let us get the finish to this amazing match that's gonna have so many goddamn near falls and crazy action, and the Bludgeon Brothers are just gonna ruin it. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's gonna be Usos retain, but through that, like through a DQ of just the Bludgeon Brothers beating up both teams. I can see that. I only don't think it's gonna be that way because of the next match, Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton, which mm-hmm. I was surprised is not a triple threat including gender. Yeah. So I think gender might interfere in that one. I could see that. And I think he will, but I think it's going to lead to Orton winning the title. Oh. I think Ginger's going to come out and interfere on Orton's behalf, but Orton's not going to understand why at the time, but he's just going to be like, well, fuck it, whatever. I'll just take advantage of it and win anyway. Yeah, and afterwards, gender will explain that it's like, oh well, I beat you last week at SmackDown, so I'm basically the uncrowned you know, U. Ice champion, and now that you're the champion, you need to give me a match. Yeah, and also I beat you for the WWE title before, so I've got your number, Randy Orton. So fuck you. <laughs> so then that'll lead to like I a- hope that's ex- I hope that's that's his exact promo. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> um so, yeah we get a three-way at uh, wrestlemania or a four-way if ziggler comes down and then tay is like hey bitches i never lost that title either <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want that title back i decided i finally want the title again <laughs> i know i left it but i want it back uh i think jinder interferes but bobby retains so ooh all right we got some we got some differences here uh, oh, and then our last match is the six-pack challenge for the WWE Championship: Styles versus Cena versus Owens versus Zayn versus Corbin versus Ziggler, aka Styles versus a bunch of guys that ain't winning this match. Exactly, because Styles is winning and going on to face Nakamura at WrestleMania because they've totally teased that and they're not going to go back on that. And if they don't do it now, they're seriously some sadistically stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh All gosh. right. We have fastly gotten through our fast lane preview. <laughs> uh, so that's going to do it for us this week. Check back next week while we run down Fastlane and see if they fuck anything up on the way to WrestleMania. And um, check us out on social media. Super Smart Brothers on Facebook, at Smart Brothers on Twitter, super Brothers at gmail.com and rate review and subscribe to this podcast basically anywhere you can get podcasts